Hey y'all, due to unforeseen circumstances, we are not releasing an episode today, but we are going to rerun an old one. We've been super, super inspired by the protests that folks like Writers Against the War on Gaza and Jewish Voice for Peace are doing to demand a ceasefire. And so we're running an episode on protest music. It's really old (laughs) from our early days. So hopefully um, those of you all who haven't been listening since the beginning, um, it'll be something new for y'all. And to all of our members, thank you so, so much for your support. There's no member segment in this episode because we didn't used to have a member segment back then, but thank you so much. We super appreciate you. Tú nos dices que debemos sentarnos, pero las ideas solo pueden levantarnos, caminar, recorrer, no rendirse ni retroceder, ver, aprender cómo esponja absorbe. Nadie sobre todos, faltan todos, suman todos para todos, todo para nosotros. Soñamos en grande que se caiga el imperio. Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Soila Perez. And I'm Vero Valletti Flores. And on this podcast, we bring you a mix of mainstream and alternative latinx jams and this week's theme is protest yep so we had this planned way before any um awful orange chupacabras took their position as president-elect of the united states but it seems fittingly appropriate uh that you know we can (laughs) still have we can have a protest episode and now it's even more significant true story I'm not still really in the like survival mourning fear phase of processing this current political situation. So I'm not really at the protest phase yet. And that's mm-hmm. kind of reflected in the songs that I brought. But, you know, we, we interpret our themes in different ways each time. So but I know, Veto, you right. have some you've started us off with a pretty straightforward protest song. What are we listening to right now? This is La Reina of the Latin American protest song right now i think mm. uh, her mm-hmm. name is ana tiju and uh, this is somo sur featuring shadia mansur and i just felt like i had to include ana in this episode mm-hmm. right she's just yeah. like you know making some of the most fire protest music in latin america right now true true i saw her in concert actually a couple years ago and she's really powerful yeah, she's so, so good in concert. I've seen her in concert a few times, and the first time that I saw her, I was actually just so impressed that her live act, in terms of like both her singing and her rhyming, are both so good and so on point, you know? Because a lot of times, like when artists record, it's like a lot of different takes, and like, you mm-hmm. know, they piece together the best things, and that's right. reasonable. Um, yeah. But to hear somebody whose like live performance was like just as flawless. Um, and come coming with a lot of power as well was was really really impressive to me. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I almost almost decided to instead of this song to feature this really rad mixtape that just came out um, by this Chicago Boricua uh, Lester Ray, and it's all about Puerto Rico and about like the economic crisis that's basically about like the island's colonial subjugation at the hands of the U.S. And so I would. Uh, highly highly recommend that you check that out it's called the promesa mixtape 
but I really had to bring had to bring Anna. Yeah, it's amazing. It took us like this is our I think 18th episode. It took us this long to bring one of her songs because I know we both. Really I like know, I know. That's yeah. another reason why I was like, listen, yeah. we haven't brought Anna Tiju to any of this. Like yeah. that's like a really kind of surprising to me. So I had to had to do it. And why'd you pick this particular song? She has so many, right? <clears throat> yes, she has so many. And it took me a while to figure out which one was the one that um, I really wanted to pick. And so this particular song is off her latest album, which is from 2014. It's called Vengo. And um, it's featuring Palestinian rapper and just like super badass Shadia Mansour. And I wanted to pick a song that was just about the global South uniting against like imperial tyranny globally and first of all what's not to love about that but I think that it's important especially in the United States when um, we're in moments of shock and uh, despair around like our like you know national political situation to see things in a global context and to um, think about global solidarity with uh, oppressed people's movements and to think about colonialism and to think about its effects of all of that still today. So um, I wanted to to zoom out a little bit with this song and to think about what we're experiencing in the United States right now as something that's part of like a larger global phenomenon and right. um, to make us think about that. And you actually got to interview her, right? I did. I did. I had the privilege to interview Anita for this album when it came out and it was a really really sweet conversation um one of the things that I really appreciate about this album is that it was the first time that she um really publicly embraced both like a feminist uh, analysis and also uh her indigenous identity and um we had a good conversation about that so we'll include that interview in our write-up of this episode and it was just really sweet talking to her and, you know, seeing that, like, you know, like, while we were Skyping, she was, like, you know, talking to her kids and being, like, portate bien, apaga la computadora, and just, like, mm. seeing these, like, intimate moments of, like, badass MC slash mama. Mm. <laughs> yeah, how, it was really sweet. How old are her kids? Um, I don't know exactly how old are her kids, but they're, like, not babies, but they're, mm. like, not teens either. They're, yeah. like, in kid range and she's uh she's from chile right she is she's chilena and although she um i think she was raised for at least a certain amount of time in france because her parents left chile during pinochet and um, then later came back so she um, spent some time in france and grew up um, in exile in political exile because of her parents yeah she's lovely i follow her on instagram and just has a very political and fierce presence there too um so what do you have for us today Perez (laughs) so my first song is called Yo No Se Mañana and it's by Luis Enrique Yo no sé No sé donde vamos a parar Eso ya la piel nos lo dirá Para que jurar y prometer Algo que no está en nuestro poder Yo no sé lo que es eterno No me pidas algo que es del tiempo Yo no sé mañana Yo no sé mañana Si estaremos juntos Si se acaba el mundo Y'all, this is kind of like really a little bit like where I feel like I'm at right now. Like this song is kind of about like the end of the world. And it's it's from like a romantic perspective. 
Um, but it's, and you know, I, it's, it's just like this idea of like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to be together. I don't know if the world is going to end. Like he does actually say, se acaba el mundo. Um, and so, I mean, the, the, the sort of message of the song is really about being present in the moment. It's like, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to be here. Um, like, like he has the line, esta noche estamos vivos, solo este momento es realidad. Right. And that's, that's real. It's like, all we have is right now. All we have is this moment. And. Um, you know, like I've alluded to, I've just been like in a really part of severe state of just fear about what's going to happen. And I've been trying to kind of just take it moment by moment and be in the reality of the day that I'm at, that I'm in and not do too much catastrophizing about what might happen in the future. Um, mm -hmm. So the song mm -hmm. is really like resonating with me right now. Um, like I said, it's in the Salsa Romantica arena so I don't I can't claim that he was thinking about anything political when he wrote this um, but it's it's speaking to me and you know the music that I listen to doesn't have as much of a protest like political overtly political themes as the music the Beto does so I had to really kind of think creatively about this episode um, mm -hmm. but yeah the song is from 2009 thanks for coming along this journey with me <laughs> you're welcome I mean you how many episodes have you done about like some sort of thing related to relationships, right? So it's like Listen, the least I can do. Yeah. It's the least I can do. <laughs> um, but yeah, the song is from 2009 and he's actually a Nicaraguan salsero, which I don't think, oh, I don't okay. think I brought anybody from Central America doing salsa so far. Um, All right, get it. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like the song was really popular um, at a certain point because I like have a strong memory of it, but my, I asked mm -hmm, my mom about it mm -hmm. and she like, didn't think she'd ever heard it so I'm not actually sure where I heard this for the first time but yeah yeah in the past when I've had like really strong romantic feelings about someone but in a moment of like I don't know what's gonna happen with us like this song has resonated with me so mm. now it's just resonating yeah. in a different <laughs> in a different sort of way in a different sort of political environment um, yeah but you know I mean one of the things that's provided some solace over the last few weeks is just like love for the people in my life and my community so you know it's the same yeah. thing it's like right like I don't know what's going to happen, but like we have, this is what we have right now. So oh. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel very appreciative of like my strange obsession with the apocalypse in the past decade or so. Mm -hmm. And thinking of like, you know, how I need to up my apocalypse skills. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel you're, like you're ready. maybe they'll come in handy. I, I am oh. absolutely not ready. Mm. <laughs> But I'm, I'm committed to survival. I'm committed right, to survival. Right. Not personally. Like, I feel like I don't give a shit if I personally die, but my boo is mm. really committed to surviving, and she's so – I've I've promised her that I'll do it with her. Yeah. I think we <laughs> – I, yeah, I, I think I said to you on the phone last week, I was like, I'm just like – I feel like one of those people who would just, just like, kill myself. I mean, that sounds so yeah, morbid. Yeah, and I'm not actually like suicidal. <laughs> But, like, the yeah. idea of, like, real end times or real, um, yeah, even just real, like, global level violence. I mean, the stuff that people have survived and the stuff that, like, my ancestors have survived, like, I just can't imagine it, you know? And so. Yeah, yeah. It's really terrifying. I know. It's um, like you think, you think that maybe it's just, like, actually this isn't worth it. But, like, in the moment, like, I don't know, humans are such funny creatures. We're like, it's going to get better. It's not going to be so bad. And, you know, you just keep on keeping on, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is like we study these things, we look back at history and we see these catastrophic things as like one event, but really like think about how much life happens while these things are right evolving and and unrolling and you know, so mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that's also like how people survive. They just literally go one day at a time. Like they that's figure right. out. So 
So going back to the <laughs> the theme of this song that was yeah. definitely not intended for this particular <laughs> moment, but uh, but is speaking to me. So yeah. and I have I'm I'm happy to say that in the two weeks since we recorded the last episode, I have or like the week or so, I have started listening to music again. So I am trying to like get back to the things in good, my life that, that bring me that bring me some joy because yeah, what you know what choice do we have, right? That's right. So the next song that I'm bringing you all is uh, really good for this moment. It's called Agua, and it's by Lido Pimienta. song for months that came out a while ago uh, but it's become more and more relevant especially as the protests at Standing Rock have really grown and escalated um, this is uh, Agua by Lido Pimienta and it's off of her excellent new album La Papesa which just came out and um, this song is about the struggles for clean water of the Wayu people who live in the Guajira region right on the border with Venezuela and Colombia um, and Lido's maternal relatives are Wayu people, and so she uses this song to bring uh, to light the ways that corporate coal mining interests in the area have really left her community cut off from uh, the Rancheria River with the construction of the Cercado Dam. So um, the water's been diverted from this indigenous community to um, the Cerrajón Company's coal mining operations. And it, it's just that in itself is such a microcosm, such a metaphor for the ways that, um, you know, indigenous subjugation has happened basically like since 1492. And I really wanted to uplift the song, not just because it's really beautiful, but also to contextualize indigenous resistance as a global phenomenon also, right? Like coming from the Anatiju song, I think that it's, great to see the coverage of the resistance happening right now at Standing Rock, but that kind yeah. of subjugation that indigenous communities have been facing is really like, has been like a pretty ongoing rate since 1492. And it's also global, right? It's something that it's not just indigenous communities in the US are facing, but indigenous communities globally. So I thought that this song was really appropriate for both this particular political moment in the United States, but also to contextualize it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and appropriate that we're like recording this episode the day after, you know, Thanksgiving. Um and, you That's know, it'll be right. released you know, you're listening to it a week later, but we're recording it um the day after Thanksgiving. So it's like a moment of a lot of irony and I don't know. Fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. We celebrate, you know, celebrate this like made up holiday about colonialism that's really based on a history of genocide while people indigenous people who are still here are fighting for basic rights 
yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's like Thanksgiving, and meanwhile, like, there's water cannons being shot at the people on Standing Rock, and it's like sub-zero temperatures. Winter in North Dakota is not a fucking joke, y'all. No. Well, speaking of sub-zero temperatures, I know. tell us about <laughs> the next song. <laughs> this is a really uplifting episode, y'all. Um, this, <laughs> <laughs> this song is La Santa Cecilia, and it's Ice El Hielo. Va pasando el trapo sobre la mesa y está cuidando que todo brille como una perla. Cuando llegue la patrona que no se vuelva a quejar, no sea cosa que la acuse de ilegal. Si atiende los jardines, parecen de Disneyland. Maneja una troca vieja sin la licencia. No importa si fue taxista allá en su tierra natal. Eso no cuenta para el tío Sam. Suelto por esas calles Nunca se sabe cuándo nos va a tocar Lloran los niños, lloran a la salida Lloran al ver que no llegará mamá so this is just like a heartbreakingly beautiful song. We've brought La Santa Cecilia before. We actually brought one of their songs to the Orlando episode, another sort of heartbreaking episode. Um, mm-hmm. But it's all about, you know, ICE being immigration customs enforcement um, and all about immigration and borders and how that divides families and the, the level of fear that you live with if you're undocumented. Yeah, and, yeah, I remember when this song came out. It's so yeah. powerful. I know, I know. It's so simple, right? It's so simple. Yeah. It's like, there's like a child's voice at the beginning um, just saying, you know, the definition, like saying ice, saying on the yellow, saying um, immigration customs. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a very straightforward and simple, but mm-hmm. heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. And it was making me think about like what, you know, what what is the role of music and even art more broadly, but like as protest in and of itself, right? Like when yeah, you think of yeah. protest, you think of like people on the streets, you think of like, you know, the, the water protectors at, in North Dakota who are like literally putting their bodies on the line to protect something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there's a lot of different ways to protest and ways to, to resist and to sort of um, push back against the political conditions that, that we're facing. And so that music in and of itself, that just like this song just really representing the feeling of a particular um, experience, the pain that goes, that results from, you know, deportation from um, the really inhumane immigration system that we have, uh, that even just offering that representation of itself as a form of protest. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the cool things about um, a protest song is that Um, it not only brings to light conditions that are inhumane and that are um, unjust, but also it's resistance, right? And that's 
I think that that's the thing that I love so much about a protest song is that yes, people are suffering, yes, our communities are being subjugated in any number of ways, but there's always resistance there and there's always people who are pushing back. And that's happening in a number of different ways that aren't always just the traditional like front lines of the protest sort of thing, right? Like people are resisting in, in all sorts of different ways, including, um, you know, truth telling and art. Yeah. Yeah, and it's something I think about a lot, particularly in this moment, because I'm not really somebody who, um, I don't know that, I just feel like I don't have the, like, constitution for, like, the front line in the streets protest. Um, I don't know, I just don't feel like it. it's what, like, when, when things go down, like, I think there's a lot of people who that's where they want to be, like, they're like, that's where I need to be, I need to be in the middle mm-hmm, of that kind mm-hmm. of energy to, like, fuel them feeling like they're doing something or whatever, and, and like, in those moments even like Orlando and stuff like the vigil, like these big public vigils was not where I like wanted to be to process what was going on. And so, and I don't know if that's cause I'm an introvert or someone who's just like super anxious. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. um, so I just think a lot about like, well, what are the other, what are the other roles? Right. What are the other mm-hmm. ways in which totally. people can contribute? And, you know, I'm not a, not a musician, but you know, a writer and that's always been sort of my main form of activism. And so yeah. just, thinking a lot about that as we enter these, um, this particularly intense political time in the U S but as Veto pointed out also globally, it's, this is yeah. part of an, not an isolated incident of sort of the rise of a, of a very far right mm-hmm. white supremacist mm-hmm. political figure. So, yeah. And that's been but a yeah, response. Listen- Mm-hmm. That's been a response to our work, right? So our work as yep. as folks that are striving for justice. So I think that that's one thing that's really um, that feels important to me is that we've had such an impact that folks are really, um, you know, the people who are invested in the status quo are feeling really threatened by that. So in that sense, I feel like you know, like there's something that we were doing right here, right? It's not all yeah. right, obviously, because this is a situation right. that we found ourselves in, but like we're right. pushing the right places. Yeah, it's definitely a response to to where we've come. And, you know, I think I thought about that too. It's like, well, I don't know that we would have had President Obama if we didn't have Bush as a president, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like Obama was our response to a really horrific sort of political time where, you know, did all sorts of horrible things to this country. And so what could come on the other side of something like this, you know, just like when I have the ability to have a little bit of moments of like some sort of sense of optimism. (laughs) But um, the other thing this song brings up is like, you know, I think one of the worst, um, one of the things that has been the worst under President Obama has been his um, deportation policy, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. While he's offered things like DACA and some sort of relief for certain groups of immigrants, there's still been this really, intense, consistent deportation drumbeat. And so I think just to remember that, like, I mean, it's probably going to get worse under the new administration, but that we aren't like, it's not like we're living in a utopia right now or that President Obama was um, was doing everything that we needed him to do. And in some cases doing some really um, abhorrent things like deporting something like Two million. I mean, more people than any president. Yeah, I think ever. Yeah, anyone ever before. Which That's I right. just like never really makes sense of, to be honest. I don't know, because yeah. I I've always thought of him as somebody that's pretty rational and someone that I can trust on a lot of fronts. And I'm, you know, I'm probably not as far left as even you are, Veto, and a lot of people who might listen to this podcast. But that's been this one piece of his his work has never made any sense to me and has been really um, just inhumane. So there's a lot to mourn, but there's also a lot that has not been 
right for many years as well. Totally. Totally. Well, one of the things that I feel like is the job of an artist in times of, um, of resistance is to make the revolution irresistible. And I think this mm. next song really does that for me. Um, mm. The next song is Kami uh, Mami, and it's by Nira featuring Maluka and Nani Castle. that idea yeah. yeah what does that mean to you I don't know who said that but you know that the job of the artist in La Lucha is to really make the revolution irresistible and I love that I love that and I think that this song just makes me like so hype right it makes me so excited for like fighting back and for uh, you know for being like fuck the haters call me what you want to call me call me a commie if you want but this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, they're fierce. They're really fierce. Yeah, totally. Like if it comes, if it really comes down to like taking up an armed resistance, like these are the mujeres I want to be doing it with. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm like not quite like emotionally ready for that right now, but hopefully, no. hopefully it won't no. come to that. Hopefully but. not. Right? What you? I think you said this on Facebook the other day. You were like, prepare for the worst, ex- hope for the best. Yeah, that's know? exactly what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm yeah. doing. Um, and so, again, as a person who is very aesthetically motivated, I um, really love the video that goes along with this song. So, like, they start, like, by, like, flicking off the NYPD, which is, like, A-plus for me. And then um, most of the video is actually uh, shot at Zuccotti Park, which, if you all remember, mm. was, like, the original campsite for Occupy Wall Street back in 2011. Um, and so now, obviously, it looks again like what it looked like before this like public private partnership park that's like in the middle of wall street um but they're sort of like back on that territory being like remember what this used to be we know what this stands for and there's just like all these mujeres like being badass paying tribute to movements of resistance dancing with like adorable small children it's just like that's what i want the revolution to look like it's so great (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. This song is off of Nira's 2015 album, Radika, and it's actually really, really, really good. Um, if you want to listen to it, it's on Spotify. It's full of features by these like super rad mujeres who are all doing amazing work with art and resistance around the world, um, including Bunny Michael, who we featured here before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you hated her cover of Gasolina Fittis, but I like... Almost brought her again. She's got this like a new track called 888, but I think I'm going to save it for our Misandry episode if we ever have it. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. (laughs) And where are these these mujeres from? Um, So uh, I don't know exactly where everybody's from. Nira, whose album it is, I don't know very much about her background. Maluka is um, New Yorker and Dominican. 
Um, she's Dominican-American. I think she was born in New York, but she was at least raised in New York. And then Nani Castle is based in Staten Island, actually. Mm -hmm. um, cool. And they're, so they're like a bunch of mujeres who are at least currently in New York um, and are just badasses. Love them. I hope to someday feel the kind of like fearlessness that is expressed in this video. Yes, Not right? There. Not there. <laughs> Not there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all get there someday, maybe, or maybe not. You know, I think that it's right. okay to be afraid. I think it's yeah. entirely reasonable to be really, really afraid. And I also think that it's um, a falsehood to suggest that acts of bravery don't go along with fear. I think that a lot mm. of the time when we're doing things that are really, really brave, we're also really, really deeply afraid, really afraid. at the same time. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's sort of like this idea that you can either be fearful and afraid or you can be brave, but I often think that they're actually much more closely intertwined than mainstream and like dominant narratives make us believe. Yeah. I feel like whenever yeah. I've done something brave, I've been really afraid. Afraid. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a good point. That's a good point. I think like, even if you think about it in like a nervous system level, like the hormones that are released by our, our nervous system are kind of the same in those moments like adrenaline totally. and things like that so there's like definitely a connection for sure and totally. and yeah fear can be an incredible it can be an incredible motivator so yeah i feel yeah. you and yeah i think again i think all of these things that we've looked back at as courageous acts happen in lots of little moments right they're not like mm -hmm. zero to 20 you yeah just wake up one day and decide so um yeah all right well the last song that i have for you all is a little uh might be a little unexpected, but uh, we're going to go for it. It's called <laughs> It's called El Burrito de Belén, and this is by Aventura. <laughs> oh, my God. With my donkey on this Like I said, it's like the weekend after Thanksgiving, which I feel like in the United States is like the socially acceptable time to start thinking about Christmas. Oh my and God, I know. I know. was like dying over there. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like I'm in this moment because I'm really struggling with uh, a lot of fear like we're talking about. I'm just like trying to find joy wherever I can find it. And when the Latino station started playing Christmas music like last week, it made me smile, <laughs> which has not been a very common occurrence the last couple of weeks. So I was like, I had this idea that I knew that I was going to say fuck no to, which was what and maybe maybe some year I'll get like a guest host and boot you off oh for God. the week of Christmas yes. or something to do like a, a like best of like Latino Christmas music because there's yeah. a lot of really good music. It's a pretty yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> massive genre. All right, next year a goal for next year I'll get somebody else to do that with me. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I was kind of struggling with this theme because the music I listen to is not as overtly as political as what Beto listens to. Um, so. 
kind of bringing this song as like a little bit of a protest to the fact that Vero said no to doing an all Christmas episode oh of the God. podcast. So just so you all are clear, <laughs> listening at home, in the protest episode, Perez has brought their own personal protest to my saying no to a Christmas episode. So, you know, I think that's very appropriate and I support you in it. Okay, great. Thank you. You support my little protest. I do. I support your personal protest. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I'm a Grinch and I know that that's not super popular, um, but it's it's just Uh, what it is. It's just what it is. I feel like among... I feel like among like radical folks, like I'm probably more of an outlier than you are. I don't know. Is it? You know, like what, like religion, isn't religion is the opiate of the masses, right? Like, I mean, but I will, I will say, right. If we're really going hard here. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, um, I mean, you know, Jesus was like a a rebel who was killed by the, um, empire, right? Like the Romans killed him for his like acts of deviance. So although Christianity has been used in so many, really problematic and fucked up ways in the many hundreds of thousands of years since, um, there is, I think some message in, in Christian theology. And I will say like, I was raised in this like dual religious context mm-hmm, with my mom's mm-hmm. side of the family. Her parents are, are, were Jewish immigrants from Eastern Europe fleeing anti-Semitism to, and, and went to Cuba because Cuba was taking, was taking people. It was like, you went wherever you could go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad's side is like Cuban Catholic. And so I grew up with a very like, kind of confused multi-faith situation. Like I remember as a little kid, I'd be like, this half of me believes in Jesus and this half of me doesn't, you know, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but was like, yeah, but was mostly raised with Judaism. And my mom really um, tried to raise my brother and I as, as Jews, which, you know, it's the conversation for a whole nother episode about, about how those Mm -hmm. things play out in Jewish communities. But my maternal grandmother, my Nana, was like very Catholic and very yeah. devout. And she passed away a few years ago and um, I was very close with her. And so I connect with her a lot through Catholic ritual and, and cultural kind of sort of Catholic cultural things. So that's been part of why I've been more into like Christmas the last couple of years. And like I have a, last year I had a Christmas tree for the first time. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this song, <laughs> while it's like a kind of a cheesy aventura, like Spanglish bachata version <laughs> of what is like a very classic, like Latino Latin American Christmas song, sometimes also called El Burrito, uh, Mi Burrito Sabanero. That's right. And it's actually written, it's actually written by a Venezuelan artist which Veto did not know until I told her about that before this episode. Yeah, like I um, thought that it, it was, was written by Venezuelan, but I was like, yeah. is it maybe from everywhere? I don't know. Right, yeah. yeah. No, it was <laughs> written by a Venezuelano Hugo Blanco in the seventies, um, but has been covered like many, many times. And the traditional version of the song that you would probably recognize is um it's usually children are singing it, which there's something about children singing in like Latino songs that just like melts my heart and it's a pretty common there's often like a children's chorus in, I don't know, I'm have to bring some songs with that, but there's, it's like something oh that happens God. pretty often in the music I listen to. Um, and it's cheesy and it's super cute. But um, but yeah, when I saw that Aventura, I was listening to like a Spotify Latino Christmas place playlist. And when I saw that Aventura did a version of the song, I was like, this is going to happen. So I hope some of you out there appreciate a little bit of a joy through 
cheesy Christmas yeah, music. Yeah, that's hilarious. Even if Beto doesn't. <laughs> well, so to be completely fair, um, I the, when I became a Grinch was like when I was exposed to American Christmas. I did not mind Christmas and to this day, like, wouldn't mind like Venezuelan Christmas. So the music that we have there, like this song, like I feel like is really nostalgic for me and like Gaitas, yeah. which are Venezuelan Christmas music are also really nostalgic for me and like the f- Venezuelan Christmas foods and like the certain, like the atmosphere during the holidays in Venezuela is something that I really connected to. And it's just a very, very different environment from Christmas in the United States. So it's not so much like Christmas haterade as much as American Christmas haterade. So like, All right, okay. I really, really dislike like the consumerism. I don't like, yeah. I hate winter and <laughs> you know, like I hate American yeah. Christmas music, but like none of those things are true of Christmas in Venezuela. Christmas in Venezuela is like lit. There's like fireworks. People oh, are like literally yeah. like drunk for an entire month. It's like so <laughs> fun. Um, okay. So, so maybe, like, I'm just like an American Christmas Grinch, but like it's okay. just like sort of like taken over my entire Christmas heart. <laughs> well, maybe next year we can help you reconnect to your Latina Christmas heart. <laughs> maybe. Because it wouldn't be an American. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But I'm glad to know you're not a total Grinch about not it. Not a and, total uh, hater. <laughs> thank you for... For not saying no. I mean, I think that's the one thing about this podcast. We're not allowed to veto each other's music. So no, we just no. have to we just have to put up with it. And that's the beauty of it. And that's hopefully exactly right. enough of you out there that enjoy the <laughs> random ass things that we bring. Right. Like if so. I can bring noise with a thong, then Benes yeah, can bring It's exactly what I Christmas said. Music. <laughs> <laughs> that was like exactly what I said over Gchat to you. It's like, listen, <laughs> this is happening. So God, yeah, oh, totally. Right, yeah. I support you. I support you in all of the cheesiness. Thank you, friend. Gracias, amiga. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's been another episode of Radio Menea. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so, so, so much. We hope that you are holding up okay. As yeah. always, all of the music that we feature today will be uh, featured on our website on radiomenea.com. And if you can, if you like our podcast, we would love it if you could rate us and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to, whether on iTunes or Stitcher or Google play or whatever it really helps get our podcast in front of other listeners so please please help us out if you feel so moved also so you know we've got a couple our, our last couple episodes for the year planned out um but then we're excited about 2017 and what we might bring to you all and we would love to hear if you have theme ideas for us um if you have a, a theme that you want to see us bring six songs um based on that theme to you all so We'd love it if you would tweet at us at, um, at Radio Menea. Um, and any ideas that you have, you can also email us if you want. would rather, radiomenea at gmail.com. Um, or post on our Facebook page, also at Radio Menea on Facebook. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Whatever themes do you have brewing from your music that you listen to that you would love us to, to chat about and bring some songs to. Yeah. So, what do you that. all want to listen to? This program's for y'all. Yeah. Let us know. Awesome. Thanks for listening, babes. Ciao. Ciao. Tanzania, fuera Yankee de América Latina, franceses, ingleses y holandeses, yo te quiero libre.